0: Are we going to take an alpha male calling show?
1: Of what now? Oh, that implies a degree of intentionality that I think is unfair. I think these things just kind of coalesce.
0: Is being desirable an attribute, or is it something done by another person?
1: Got it. So the whole self-control thing is just veneer. Mm. The real thing is you want to be the object of desire without returning that desire. I'm, I don't know, I'm a Hufflepuff. Does anyone self-identify as a Hufflepuff? There must be some. <laughs> Hi all, this is Cherie Fernandez.
0: And this is Nico Posner.
1: And we recently watched the film American Psycho. So, for those unaware, American Psycho features Christian Bale in the star-making role of Patrick Bateman, who is a very successful finance bro by day. He's in the height of the M&A scene, a VP at some fancy unnamed company. And by night, he is quite literally a murderous sociopath who racks up a death count of about 30, 30 question mark, by by the end of the film. And something about the former half of that and potentially the latter half too, has apparently gotten some attention from a particular subculture on the internet known as, I guess, the Alpha, or sorry, the Sigma males. So this is gonna require some background. So Nico, what do we know about the, what is it? The socio-sexual hierarchy. (laughs)
0: Okay, all of this. All of this. Let's see. So the whole alpha-beta dynamic, that's been around for a long time, ever since that absolutely terrible study about wolves.
1: In fairness to the researcher, they later came out, I think, with a statement saying, please don't take the study out of context. It was specific, A, to wolves in captivity. So this doesn't apply to wolves in the wild. And in addition, This applies to, if it did apply to wolves in the wild, it wouldn't apply to human beings. So please don't generalize. And that definitely fell on deaf ears. So...
0: But nevertheless, people nowadays, some people, believe that there are alpha males and there are beta males.
1: Yes. Are there there other kinds of males?
0: Apparently there are. I think this came about from the far-right blogger Vox Day. I don't know if that's supposed to be Latin, in which case it's just...
1: Day is Latin, D A Y, or is it D E I?
0: Like voice oh. of God.
1: Oh come on! That would be unspeakably
0: pretentious if it is supposed to be Latin.
1: It is unspeakably pretentious. I mean, Edward Teach. Let's
0: not even go into that.
1: <laughs> Side note: Nico is obsessed with a not obsessed. This is this is like an old obsession. The particular author who picked a picked an interesting interesting pseudonym. Don't sully Blackbeard's name like this, <laughs> honestly. Um, anyway, pseudonyms aside, Vox Day
0: who apparently decided that there weren't enough uh, types of men and decided to expand this whole <laughs> alpha-beta dynamic into an entire pyramid or hierarchy of masculine types with all the Greek letters. All the Greek letters. I don't know if he went as far as to include all of them, but plenty. Now, there's also uh, gamma males and delta males, mm. and apparently sigma males, which I is what you're see. all here to hear us talk about.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Real intrigue there. No, but it, it is intriguing because while the other males in this paradigm exist in this hierarchy that looks like a pyramid, so I think alpha's at the top, then beta is, then everybody else, gamma, who, and who, assumingly, assumingly, presumably, Omegas are at the bottom. Um, uh, the deal with sigma males is that they exist outside of the hierarchy.
0: According to Sigma males.
1: According to Sigma males. They're very, um, it's a very self, self-identified, self I don't know if that's a thing. Um, but yeah, I don't think anyone seriously uses the term aside from people who self-identify with it. It's worth noting that most usage is probably at least semi-ironic. Like, uh, you're on some meme servers. Do people ever throw around the term for fun?
0: People uh, post memes about it, including the sort that look like they might have been ironic, but have been transformed mm-hmm. to make fun of this very, uh, almost dignified or very austere <laughs> self-image. Like yeah. uh, photoshopping, uh, photoshopping Patrick Bateman to be a Hello Kitty fan.
1: Oh yes, some of my favorites. Oh my God, so many Patrick Bateman memes. If you if you look at Patrick Bateman. On TikTok, yes, I, I am one of those people It eats up like three hours per week, probably more.
0: I weep about this every day. Yeah, yeah
1: I'll, I'll suck you into the the black hole that is TikTok eventually. I'm not even going
0: to comment <laughs> on that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyway, uh, yeah, just Patrick Bateman is really the face, quite literally, of this sort of movement. There's a particular kind of expression that he makes that he looks like he's sucking on a lemon. The context in the scene is he's having a conversation with some other finance bro while committing identity theft, is it? He pretends to be another character. Something like that, yeah. Yeah.
0: Before murdering him.
1: Before murdering him. Again, I feel like most people who use the Patrick Bateman memes have no idea that he's a murderer, which I guess is just tickling to me. I think most of the memes that get attention or the ones where he's making funny faces and interacting with other finance bros and also um, stuff that hints at like a very meticulous diet and a workout regimen. Yeah, the the intro to the
0: movie is largely his rant about, not even a rant, just a very long and measured soliloquy about his uh, makeup routine. Mm, Makeup? Oh, skincare routine.
1: Oh, yeah. My God. But, but,
0: but let's dig into that. There's some aspects of the whole Patrick Bateman character and the sigma male mm. that you actually find to be positive.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. I think as far, I mean, my, my take on the whole thing before delving too deep is just the whole sigma male thing among people who take it seriously, it just seems to be like an aspirational masculine ideal. Like you see a lot of people expressing the sentiment across both sides of the political spectrum that men don't really have role models to look up to. And, you know, some people think that the next best thing is Andrew Tate, which I I think seems to exemplify the alpha male kind of route, which is very brash and dominant and aggressive. Uh, This kind of somewhat reactionary faction seems to have appeared in the Sigma male that says, I want to be respectable, of course. I want to date beautiful women, and I want to have a good workout routine, and I want to be financially successful. I want to be successful, but I don't want to play into brash testosterone fueled tropes about being guys. And I think between the two, as masculine ideals, or the traits associated with Sigma male, at least speaking as a woman, are better for me. <laughs> I would rather <laughs> I would rather work with a bunch of sigma male types than with a bunch of alpha male types. So from a purely self interested perspective, I think this is better than the alternative.
0: <laughs> In the We conducted a little uh What's that really pretentious word for what you're doing? We performed a literature review of the existing meme corpus.
1: We scrolled through TikTok for 10 minutes. Through
0: your TikTok. I'm not getting on
1: Oh, my God. (laughs) Uh, TikTok, my dear, TikTok is so multifaceted. I need to put the algorithm in front of you for five minutes, and then it'll eventually give you, like, uh, I don't know, esoteric religious content that you can... Delve into to your heart's desire. That's Nico's special interests, um, <laughs> dear listener. Anyway, go on.
0: We did our literature review, and most of what we saw was self-proclaimed sigma males
1: mm.
0: being hit on by women mm. and not giving them the time of day.
1: Yeah, a very very popular sort of genre of, I guess, sigma male content is making it clear that while you may be attracted to women when they're very overtly flirting with you you don't you don't kind of express the level of i don't know how do you how do you frame this you don't give them attention you take pleasure in the fact that you're able not to give them attention
0: yeah so there's a i think a lot of the signals are also into the stoics i don't know how to feel about that mm. but there is that pride in self-control in to use that terminology that you're not simping for whatever woman comes along and gives you a little bit of attention
1: absolutely yeah that idea of self-possession or even i think you could talk about it in terms of power i think there's a popular sentiment or not popular it's popular it's popular in some corners of the internet that like women have power over men insofar that i don't know men feel like there's an asymmetry because women isn't there I mean, I, I guess there is an asymmetry in that women tend to be able to be more picky with their romantic and sexual partners. Women tend to get far more attention on dating apps. Um, so men men feel the need to do most of the legwork in relationships or in romantic situations. Do you think that's true?
0: I do believe that's true.
1: I think that's fair, yeah. I think there are reasons women are more picky that are very, very valid. Um, like, there are plenty of plenty of people who will express the sentiment that, like, oh, no, the guy is scared that she's going to eat a meal and then not sleep with him that he paid for. Sorry, not the sleeping with him, the meal. That was confusing. Whereas the woman is scared that he's going to kill her, so she has to call her friend every five minutes. So I think women have a very good reason to be cautious, but there is an asymmetry that results from that. That can be construed as women having power over men in that particular arena. So it feels like in... In not buying into that, by not showing women who are flirting very overtly attention. Sigma males are denying that power women have over them.
0: That's how I put it, too. Yeah. Denying that power and sort of thus exercising their own. Not power over others, but power in not being affected by others. immovable object rather than unstoppable force.
1: Absolutely. Oh, that's interesting, because you would associate the alphas with... Unstoppable force.
0: Yeah, bro. I can get whatever woman I want. I just roll into the bar. Boom.
1: <laughs> Isn't that how? Is that how alphas talk? I
0: assume. Do
1: we have any self-proclaimed alpha males on campus? Don't be shy. Self. Self-identify. Put it. Put it in your. Put Are we your, gonna take an alpha
0: male call-in show? Oh, what now? Are we gonna take an alpha male call-in show? That would
1: be fun. I think that would be interesting. Oh, God. I would love it if Alpha males self-identified very, very openly, because that would be like wearing a T-shirt that said, avoid me, and I would appreciate that. <laughs> you already
0: have Power Rangers outfits for that one.
1: Oh, no. <laughs> is that why they're all around campus? I was wondering what was going on. That's just, things, a, it? that's
0: just a frat thing.
1: Oh. Is it one frat that does Power Rangers? I assume. It would be funny if each of them did a different comic book property, like a bit of... Bit of Extra frat coordination.
0: I think you just want more men in skin-tight outfits.
1: Okay, you know what? (laughs) Um, Moving on.
0: (laughs) How did we get onto this? How
1: did we get onto this? Um, Okay, so part of being a Sigma male is expressing self-possession, self-control. You don't let other people, including women, have power over you. Which I think on some level is respectable, the idea that... You know you have self-possession you mentioned the stoics i'm not too well well versed in this this is like a roman school of, uh,
0: greeks got picked up by the romans later uh, marcus aurelius one of the emperors very famously mm. uh, loved the greek writings and did a lot of his own yeah i've read a little bit of it
1: what are their kind of big tenets?
0: what the stoics believe was that you can take pleasure in something when it comes to you,
1: mm-hmm. but
0: there's no use in feeling sorrow when it
1: leaves you. Oh, interesting. I mean, I don't know again, that doesn't sound, uh, that doesn't sound palatable to me. Maybe I'm just a not not well well equipped to be a stoic, but like sure, there's no utility in feeling sorrow aside from the fact that human beings require some emotional catharsis when certain things happen. So might as well recognize that there's a need for it and kind of see it through while minimizing damage to yourself and others.
0: What the Stoics would say is, uh, very famously, that you should effectively despise everything you have that can be taken away from you.
1: Oh dear.
0: One of the very most famous uh, Roman uh, Stoic authors, Seneca the Younger, Mm -hmm. was involved in at least one shipwreck in his time. Mm-hmm. and the way he presents this in his writings is you just have to be able to bounce back from it. The idea being that because he already uh, despised everything he had <laughs> in his life, when it, all that was taken away from him, well,
1: no problem. Oh dear. How, how far does that logic extend? Like, to your kids, your romantic partner?
0: Pretty far, oh, up to dear. all the way up to uh, death holds no fear for us because when it comes, we are no longer here.
1: Interesting. Very, very glass half full of them. Um, uh, that's definitely, and that's definitely a sweeping generalization on my part. I'm sure it's very, very nuanced. <laughs> um, they sound cool. Do you, do you think that the alpha male, oh sorry, sigma male ethos squares well with stoicism?
0: Possibly. It's. I'm not sure if many of them follow. Certainly, the whole sigma male dynamic. Marcus Aurelius, as part of the whole. Um, uh, Western antiquity Mm. thing that's popular in those same circles. But more importantly, it's the feel of it, more so than the particular philosophy. It's just a vibe. It's the vibe. It's the (laughs) sort of self-possession, the austerity of it, Mm. the idea that you contain all that you need in yourself. You don't have to be dependent on others.
1: Well, that's interesting. I I think that's very true of... Again, that sigma male ethos. And I kind of I kind of like that. Like that doesn't even seem gender specific to me. I think I think internalizing your locus of control can be a good thing for, for everybody. What do you think about the other other aspects or the other kind of important things for Sigma males? I don't think we defined it super well here, but mm-hmm. I would say that they care a lot about certain demarkers of Success, success. So, but very wealth. particular
0: kinds of success.
1: Really, I, I can see wealth definitely. I can definitely. see physique. Um, I can see, um, I guess, the caliber of the women that you sleep with. So the I'll
0: caliber promise. of the women trying to sleep with you.
1: Do they not? Do they not sleep with women?
0: I think several of the uh, memes and videos that we saw in our literature review were all about how. You don't actually.
1: I love how you insist on calling this a literature review. This is this is grade A, you Chicago pretentiousness, right here. I love you. <laughs> Go on.
0: So it's about making money. But particularly effectively every Sigma male wants to be an M&A Wall Street broker. Mm. Oh. I don't even know if that's a thing if MA people are Wall Street brokers, but that's
1: Does that in the mean that I could theoretically become a better Sigma male than the most active Um, TikTok sigma male person. Very possible. Yeah, I just need to get a workout routine going.
0: Yeah, get a workout routine going. Uh, A lot of women are hitting on you, but you're rejecting them. Oh. (laughs) And you just need... And of course, you need to make a lot of money. But very specifically, it's making money in a way that is all about you and what you do. It's the hustle culture. Mm -hmm. Not uh, join a company that pays really well and has really nice 401k. Well,
1: hustle culture... So it's tied up in that sentiment of like, oh, like being self-owned in how you work. So there's definitely a lot of romanticization of of being a, um, what is it, like a self-employed? Is that is that the term?
0: Being self-employed, self-owned.
1: Self-owned, being able to, having more direction over your work and what you choose to do. I don't know if that's necessarily true of Banking though, especially something like investment banking, that's that's not self-directed at all.
0: Well, not investment banking, but playing the stock market.
1: Playing the stock market. I mean,
0: which for, mind you, most people. What's the difference?
1: Yeah, exactly. That that's definitely part of it. I mean, at least the film um, with Patrick Bateman was very much a criticism of Wall Street yuppie culture. It
0: doesn't show him doing any work. Ever. Yeah,
1: I mean, MA people don't actually do any work once you get important enough. No, don't, <laughs> don't. I'm, I'm potentially going to be working in M&A and most of the people I've spoken to seem amazing. So I'm sure they do do very important things. Um, But this film is very irreverent about about that. It's very much just this person is a finance person and it spends more time talking about the opulence and status associated with that rather than any of the actual work associated with that job. Yeah, Uh, definitely, definitely then um success through financial gain i also think success in like you know sculpting your physique Mm. very carefully would you say that's a thing with sigma males? i can't figure out if workout like workout it was also building cultures it was definitely less
0: emphasized in what we saw
1: yeah it was that was more about being like there's like the intellectual bent to Mm. it like you don't have to be buff you just need to be smart is that, is that the vibe? Something
0: like that. Maybe it's also because the, again, the sigma, we didn't actually cover this, that the sigma males mm-hmm. are defining themselves in part outside this whole alpha-beta dynamic and being really buff is the quintessential alpha thing.
1: Right, right. So if, if alpha males are, okay, yeah, I, I guess that makes sense. So workout culture is into sigma male thing.
0: Not necessarily. I think it's definitely less emphasized.
1: Okay, that makes sense. So the marker of success then is financial success. It's
0: primarily financial.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's financial and how many people want to sleep with you but can't.
1: Right. And it's also uh, so then, so being sexually desirable and being financially successful are true of both alphas and sigmas. I think where.
0: Well, hold up. They They want it to be true.
1: They want it to be true. I mean, yeah, they would... I mean, the Sigma male is an ideal, not as a self-descriptor, which is another thing, right? I I think we were talking about this earlier, uh, but the idea that when people discuss being a Sigma male, there isn't really a consensus on whether this is an innate quality of some people, like your astrology, astrological sign, or your MBTI personality type, or if this is a sort of aspirational thing.
0: Those are inherent?
1: I mean... Insofar as the people talking about them pretend that they are inherent, are they inherent? Is MBTI inherent, or can you change it?
0: I'm pretty sure it can shift. It's just, as far as personality tests go, it's pretty noisy. Oh
1: well, yeah, of course. I mean, but if we approach all of this by buying into the idea of people okay. talking about it, or right?
0: I am an, an INFJ.
1: I actually think you're an INTP. I, I actually know all of know them. them. I don't want to know. <laughs> I think it's fun. I. I honestly don't think there's anything wrong with personality tests. I feel like a lot of this, METI, astrology, Hogwarts houses, if you're a millennial.
0: Um <laughs> scorn in her voice.
1: Uh, I don't have anything against millennials. I have something against Hogwarts. You don't like Harry Potter either. I was never that into it. Yeah. Um, but all of these things are just basically personality typologies. There's a way, it's they're just kind of easy, prepackaged ways of defining yourself for yourself and for others.
0: And you were saying that in what we were looking at, there's half of them were how to know if you are one and the other half were how to become.
1: Yeah, exactly. What do you make of that?
0: I don't think it's that there isn't a consensus on which it is. I think the tension between these two views is an essential part of it. That you're always in a space between being and becoming. Oh. And that's kind of keeping you in suspension. It's keeping you in limbo so you're always moving forward. You never get comfortable in I am a Sigma male. (laughs) Therefore, you are constantly encouraged to show that you are a Sigma male.
1: That is far more poetic than than my um, understanding of the difference between the two. My thing is it essentially just boils down to I mean, we have to, sorry, backing up a little bit. When you think about who on an online space is promoting the idea of being a Sigma male, these are all content creators. They all have an objective, the objective is views or potentially to sell something that you're sponsoring. So like if your objective as a content creator is to get views, then the best way to do that is to come online and tell people, you are a sigma male. You are valid. You are so cool for being the way you are. You don't have to change at all, man. Keep being you.
0: I don't agree with that. I'd say that a far more effective way would be to tell people, this is how you can become if you buy my.
1: Exactly. So that's where the difference is. The content creators who are making money off of just affirming people are going to be saying Sigma males are anything versus content creators who are trying to buy uh, or trying to promote some kind of... I don't know protein powder or something. It's kind always of.
0: protein powder. Wall really. Street
1: is it creatine all the time? A of? lot of it is. Yeah, I wonder. Or supplements. We should we should rank the best protein powder. My <laughs> people who haven't been to the gym in three years. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, if your objective is to sell protein powder or a Wall Street prep course or a pickup artist guide, of course, your angle is going to be a Sigma male is something you can aspire to be. So I don't like think it's that profound. It's just whatever message you're promoting is going to depend on your objectives as a content creator who makes a good fraction of their income off of being a social media personality. yeah. Although I feel like most of what we saw on TikTok, at least, wasn't people trying to sell things. It really was just, I think the bulk of it was just those videos of men expressing disinterest towards attractive girls who Mm. were flirting with them. Which I, again, kind of think is a positive thing. Like, honestly, you you have trends of, I don't know, men simping very openly for Twitch streamers with, like, Millions of views, and they seem to genuinely believe that these girls like them because they give them a scrap of attention. It's like, no, have a bit more self-possession than that. Good God, my dear. Um, so I'm I'm almost glad that that's part of what's coming into vogue. I don't know, but I'm not a guy. How, how do you feel about all of this, Nico?
0: What you're telling me is that you think it's a good thing if I show disdain towards other attractive women.
1: Not disdain. <laughs>
0: I see what you're doing.
1: Oh, really? I mean, it's it's not a it's not a negative. No. I think men should. If we go in from that angle of self-possession, self-control and not letting kind of fleeting things have control over you. Like the stoicism thing. I think that's something that a lot of people, men and women alike, can draw from. Especially that idea again of self-possession. I feel like there's kind of a sort of I don't know, widespread sort of cultural determinism? I'm using big words. I don't know how to describe it. It's a vibe. Just what the, I- the vibe? Okay, just the idea that the average person believes that they are and they will forever be a product of their upbringing and certain aspects of their cultural and social identity. Do you see that at all?
0: As far as I see it, well, I was under the impression that the vast majority of people believed otherwise. Really? The of course the whole "pick yourself up by your bootstraps" thing, but this whole becoming
1: But that's be kind not business, in vogue in our generation anymore. Isn't? I really don't think it is. Hmm.
0: Um, maybe. 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 I try to live under a rock as best as possible.
1: <laughs> I, I've noticed. <laughs> it's okay. Um... I don't know, maybe not. I, I just think I'm in favor of anything that empowers empowers quote unquote people to feel like they can make their own decisions. And I think for all its negatives, the whole Sigma male thing does a good job of that.
0: I'm like, no oh, sorry.
1: Ahead. No no go I was I was monologuing. <laughs> go ahead. You
0: silly you sly dog. <laughs> I'm a little less bullish on this self-possession stuff. Yeah.
1: which,
0: Sure. Internal locus of control—it's great. Yeah. But self-ownership, independence—that's implying not dependence. Mm-hmm. It's implying less interaction with others. And it, in our literature review, what we saw was, mm-hmm. in addition to uh, some workout stuff, make lots of money in hustle, in hold, hustle culture methods. Um, Be attracted to women, but don't sleep with them. The other big thing we saw is Sigma males either don't have friends or have very small, close circles of friends.
1: I don't think there's anything wrong with having a small circle of friends. I mean, statistically, I think that's been shown to be the most effective in having emotional support and, I don't know, like long-term stability than having a very dispersed, diffuse network of friends that you're not close with at all. I mean, ideally, you'd want both. But if you're deciding between the two, um, but having no friends at all, I agree, is definitely a concern.
0: And that's it was that was definitely some of the material that we saw. The mm. uh, notion that the sigma male has everything he needs for himself, so he doesn't need to have friends.
1: And that aligns with the Stoics.
0: I don't think it does. I think this is going to be where I'm getting a bit off the deep end. So bring okay. really me back in. <laughs> but this aversion to dependence Mm
1: -hmm.
0: I think is where we see the marks of the sigma male
1: okay got it aversion to dependence I can see
0: that so we can go back to the whole sociosexual hierarchy business the sigma male conceives of himself as an alpha male but without various unpleasant qualities without the misogyny without this sort of a frat bro uh, frat bro culture or frat bro tone
1: Mm -hmm.
0: but also one who is not extroverted
1: okay yes
0: so the sigma male is in part the alpha male but for introverts
1: right yeah I think it's it's kind of like a you too can be successful without changing the way in which you interact with people you don't have to be so assertive and dominant in social situations you can still be successful
0: but at the same time it is rejecting the notion that the sigma has to be dependent on other people. Really, has to deal with other people to begin with.
1: Mm, yeah, I I see that. It's very solitary. Which, hmm, I don't know. I guess there are pros and cons there. Do you think it's that? Do you think it's that marked? Like, is there really an ethos of don't have any friends? I thought it was specifically don't let your romantic partner have too much power over you. That was part
0: of it. I think it was. So what we saw wasn't saying you don't have any friends, it's, uh, it's okay that you don't have friends.
1: Mm, that's a, that's a take. Um, okay, go on.
0: So in addition, if we kind of look at the things that make a Sigma successful, yeah. what we've outlined so far, uh, making lots of money, sure, mm-hmm. in a way that doesn't imply you have dependence on other people, you're not employed by anyone who could fire you. You're not getting paid by anyone. You're making money off the stock market. It's I still most...
1: maintain that being the stock, being a stock market trader is one of the most dependent things that you could do. It's not self-sufficient at all. Dependent how? I mean, you're making money off of a bunch of other people who are actually making money. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're being very smart about it. It's laudable, but it's not independent. If you're independent, you're on a farm or in a trailer i don't know milking your own goats and tilling your own land which is fine i don't think either of those things are better than the other on any moral level but if we're talking about independence the more independent one is the latter Hmm,
0: i'm I'm not sure about that i was i was going to say that the sole, uh not being a stockbroker but making money off the stock market that's sort of the most the most atomized way to make money
1: oh in in terms of like day-to-day interaction with others. Yeah. There's basically none.
0: Yeah. You don't, sure. have to, you, have to look, you don't have to look at anyone. You don't have to face up to anyone. If you're a farmer, you actually have to, you know, be dependent upon the land. You have to deal with the land. That's kind of like dealing with a person in, in some fashion. The stock market isn't.
1: I'm, yeah, you're still ultimately reliant on a bunch of other corporate entities that are all made up of people.
0: But not on any particular one. It's all oh, diffused.
1: okay. I... Okay, I, I'm going to let you keep going because I see <laughs> your point. I, I Okay, go on.
0: So we can start to conceive of this impulse away from dependence, particularly on any particular person, particular thing. It's okay to be you know, skimming off the top of w- the world economic uh, activity mm-hmm. so long as there's no other person with a face you can look at and say, wow, I'm dependent on you.
1: Mm, okay, I see that.
0: And so that's one aspect, the the money making. The rejection of romantic interest is another. But there's a kind of a twist to this. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: It's always, I am not dependent on anyone else for, I don't know, for romantic feeling, for relationships, for sex, etc. But they still want me.
1: Do they want them? That's the fantasy. Is the fantasy, they want me, or the fantasy, I don't care if they want me or not?
0: I think we have to read this literally Mm -hmm. from what we saw in our literature review, Mm -hmm. which was... Sorry. No, it's okay. But what we (laughs) saw in our literature review was, if we just take this very literally, Mm -hmm. they want me, and I'm not returning it.
1: Okay. Got it. I think that does play into less so... This is less about self-control and more about power than they want me, I'm choosing not to return it is I have power over them. Sure. Mm -hmm. I'm assuming you're adding another layer to this.
0: I'm going to see if I can. I'm not sure if I am able to. (laughs) I think it's about deprivation.
1: I can see that working into the power angle. Like, if I have the power to deprive you of something you want, then I have power over you. But I I see that we're fixating more on deprivation specifically.
0: That's just the direction I go into. We could... We could turn this into a couple different directions. On the one hand, it could be my depriving you of me Mm -hmm. is a demonstration of my power, and what I want is power. Yes. Or it could be I have the power to deprive you of myself. That may be the only power I have, but if it's how I can deprive you, here we go.
1: That's very feminine. Feminine. Feminine in the sense that, uh, like, this is n- no way meant to be like, oh, women like having power over men. And blah, blah,
0: blah. what would saying?
1: What would, exactly? See, that's what I'm thinking a little bit. Um, you get a
0: bracelet. Say, WWBD.
1: <laughs> I want. I want a calendar of Beauvoir quotes. I think that would be fun. Um, she's so iconic. <laughs> we, we stand. Anyway, I, I kind of see that in, I guess like, sorry, give me a second to develop this. So like historically, the idea was that women didn't have any economic power. They had very little social power, but they do have power in one sphere. And that is, you know, I mean, it's the oldest profession. We have something that you guys want, um, and we can leverage that a lot. Um, so at least historically or stereotypically, that being your one source of power is a very feminine thing and you also see that with like people criticizing other women who uh, tend to be more sexually promiscuous like you get a lot of people clutching their pearls and saying how dare this woman sleep around with people and have fun um and part of that is motivated like the part of the moral outrage is motivated by you know of course we want to enjoy sexual relationships but we're deliberately not doing that because we want to cut off this resource on some level because cutting off this resource is a source of power do you kind of see what i'm getting at i kind of see what you're getting at like if if we're both girls and you sleep around and i'm like an old bitty clutching my pearls i might be like um (laughs) like you know we both want to have sexual relationships with people we're interested in but i'm deliberately not doing that because i want to have power over like the guys in my life we mm-hmm. can make this a binary men and women for the purposes of this discussion whereas you in sleeping with people you're almost reducing the value of our resource by making it less exclusive right this is really wild by the way like nobody actually thinks like this I think. all of the alpha but- males do Except for the alpha males. Everyone yeah. in that
0: whole, and mind you, also the whole beta deal, probably the sigmas as well. Just that whole sphere of the internet thinks like this.
1: Yeah. So it's, it's probably less true of, like, it's less true insofar as it's not something that women are consciously thinking about, I would imagine, or at least very few are. But I think it can be construed that way. So when I say it's a feminine impulse, I mean the idea of your main source of power over another person being your ability to withhold sexual relations. In that sense, it's kind of feminine.
0: I think we can also enforce this with something else, this business of being desired instead of desiring.
1: Mm. Okay.
0: So that's all wrapped up in desire. No, it's wrapped up in being desired rather than desiring.
1: But do Sigma males not desire? I mean, if I didn't desire an attractive person, why would I, like, invest the emotional energy in pursuing them or allowing them to pursue me? Why, didn't I just, why wouldn't I just shut down that avenue?
0: I see the ghost of Freud creeping up over your shoulder
1: here. Uh-oh.
0: So, here's, the, of course, that's the whole business. These are, this is all content made presumably by Sigma males or self-identified Sigma males, mm-hmm. if there's a difference. For other people in a similar community.
1: Right.
0: And all of these show sigma males being desired, but not openly desiring. Or at least the things they desire are things like money.
1: Hold on, I thought our interpretation was that they do desire these attractive women, which is why that th- why them not engaging with them is an expression of self-control.
0: Well, that's, I think, one level of it. Okay. The other level is this sigma male media mm-hmm. shows sigma males being desired, but not desiring. So... Okay, self-identified so sigma males who see that, who do desire such women, can imagine themselves in the opposite place of being desired by them but not returning it.
1: Not act. I still think there's a, like, there's a separation between experiencing desire and acting on your desire. Desire mm. versus pursuing. Because again, I would say that in those videos, the whole point is that the attractive woman flirting with the sigma male is desirable. He desires her.
0: Is desirable? Is that an attribute? Sorry? Is being desirable an attribute, or is it something done by another person?
1: That's interesting. You're sidetracking me here. I might be. Yeah. Um, I think there are some... I mean, now we're just on aesthetics and beauty. I think by social consensus, there's some people who... Or some things, really, that are desirable. Um, but it is ultimately a reflection of how people at large perceive that person or thing.
0: So desirability as an attribute of a thing is, Mm. I don't want to say socially constructed, but it's part of social consensus, whereas being desired comes from some particular person or something like a person.
1: Okay. I I do think that there's... Yeah, thank you for pointing that out. I think that is an important distinction. I can amend my wording. So the girl who's flirting with the Sigma male in these videos is desired... By the Sigma Mill in the video as well as this quote Sigma Mills. In well, not the, the one in the video.
0: Specifically not the one in the video.
1: Again, difference between desire and acting on desire. He's desirous of her, but he isn't flirting with her because he's expressing self-control.
0: I'm not sure if that is the case.
1: But then it wouldn't be self-control. Because if, you know, like I don't like toffee, if you put a piece of toffee in front of me and I didn't eat it, that wouldn't be me expressing self control. That would be, be me expressing my disdain for Toffee, Like, he might as well be a gay guy in that situation.
0: I would say, and here I might be jumping off the deep end again, (laughs) the self-control business, all this stoicism, may well be a screen for deprivation. The idea being that it is better for others to think that I am desirous of another person and controlling myself than that I do not desire...
1: Okay.
0: Rather that than, I, than that I do not desire, but want to be desired. It okay. is better to be thought of, It is far better, to be thought of as a person who has self-control than be thought of as a person who is passive.
1: Got it. So the whole self-control thing is just veneer. Mm-hmm. The real thing is you want to be the object of desire without returning that desire. Mm-hmm. Again kind of kind of quintessentially and stereotypically feminine, which yeah. is interesting. Actually, Beauvoir would have something to say about this, definitely. I mean, Beauvoir, for those who have not taken so with the remarkable... I'm Actually, I don't know if we're allowed to say a professor's name, but they're great. And um, uh, part of Beauvoir's analysis draws from Hegel, and the idea... Do you want to do the Hegel rehash? I don't know the
0: Hegel bit from this Ooh, one, actually. Okay. I, I, I was looking at different chapters.
1: Okay, so the Hegel master-slave thing basically says, you know, you, you are an individual, right? Very Descartes, Cogito, blah, blah, blah. Okay? <laughs> you are a subject. You interact with the world. Uh-huh. But... My understanding is that Hegel suggests that the idea that you can interact with the world in your head is kind of mutually exclusive with the idea that I, too, am a subject who can interact with the world. So in order to reinforce your status as a subject, you need to make me an object. And we're all going around doing that, treating other people like objects in order to be able to conceive of ourselves as subjects. Of course, subjects are people with agency. Basically, the, the kind of phrases subjects act, objects are acted upon. Gotcha. And, like, uh, today we'll look at that, some, like, I think most people look at that and be like, well, that seems kind of antithetical to the idea of theory of mind, which most people develop at the age of three. But also, this is Hegel, so he must have had a point, right? Very fancy, smart dude. So the way Beauvoir is applying that is she's saying that while usually we would think that most people try to be subjects and make others objects, there are certain demographics that tend to kind of be trapped in objecthood. And that includes women they tend to be seen as objects and she likens women to like, she likens women's socialization to being like dolls. You dress pretty, you let people call you pretty, you are acted upon, you are rarely acting. You're the perpetual object. Um, And one of the things she notes is that, you know, it would seem that we all have a natural impulse to try and be subjects, but she says there's actually something very seductive about being an object. Being an object is easy. You don't have that much, and then this is Beauvoir writing the height of or at the beginning of second wave feminism. So we've definitely moved on from here. Caveat, caveat. But um, again, there's something seductive about being an object, something interesting about being desired, being valued for who you are intrinsically as opposed to having to act to earn your value. And she says that that's part of the reason why women are resistant to their liberation, like why some women weren't in favor of suffrage, etc., etc. Mm. It's all very... High level and psychological, but I think you do see it here, right? Do you, do you see how that connects I can see the that. idea that people are self-identifying as objects, as people who are um, the objects of attraction, but don't express attra- attraction or act on attraction to other people?
0: So that's an, actually an interesting position because on the one hand you can see this as putting yourself into the position of object being desired, of course, mm-hmm. but on the other hand it's also Emphasizing yourself as a subject who, as a subject by inaction. I Mm. am asserting myself by not acting on a desire, supposedly.
1: Right. Uh, Now again, we're on the supposed level of self-control versus what we posit as the actual level of um, being attractive to people.
0: I don't know which one of those is real.
1: Yeah.
0: I don't know if they, maybe they just alternate like a Crazy matryoshka doll.
1: <laughs> or maybe it depends on who you are. I mean, we're, we've kind of been treating this like a very... Like this as a sort of cohesive social movement. But the truth is, you know, the vast majority of people using the term are using it ironically. And a lot of people who actually do buy into the idea are very impressionable young men who... Kind of just see Patrick Bateman make funny cool face and think funny cool face. They're probably not thinking about being an object versus being a subject.
0: Well, no one thinks in those terms unless you're a philosopher. Mm-hmm. But we have to consider that these are the ways people act, even if they don't think consciously
1: about them. That's fair. That's fair. I was being too dismissive there. I, I guess I'm, I guess my point in that was just you know what, like. A kind of disclaimer that what we're talking about right now is pretty out there, and this isn't necessarily like necessarily some sort of prescription or prognosis for people who have, unironically, used the term "sigma male," unless you think it is, in which case,
0: I might just say that it is just for the flame. <laughs>
1: <war>. <laughs> oh dear, I I have sympathy for the impulse to identify as a sigma male. I don't know about you, but. I know a lot of people who were on Tumblr in like 2010. I was not because my mom wouldn't let me have social media, but I was basically a part of that. Um, I think your
0: mother's a hero for that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you can you can let her know. I think she'd appreciate that. But yeah, I think there's there was then still is kind of a push to find an identity, and a prepackaged one is often very easy. Something like being an INTP or a I don't know what the enneagram types are. What are they? I've only vaguely heard of this, actually. I thought they were, like, combinatorics, because it's always expressed as, like, N... Sorry, like a 9N3. And I was like, oh, nine choose 3? I I don't know. Um, But, yeah, it's, it's just... Like, you see a lot of people on social media who just need a few things to denote their personality and their bio. And the easiest way to do that is say, well, I'm a Scorpio, or I'm... I don't know, I'm a Hufflepuff. Does anyone self-identify as a Hufflepuff?
0: There must be some. (laughs) I actually want to clearly shout out here uh, Professor Ada Palmer's uh, book series, Terra Ignota. Mm -hmm. I think the most recent one came out not long ago. The first one is uh, Two Like the Lightning. There's actually in that series a whole... I don't know if it ever gets fleshed out an entire Enneagram-ish or MBTI-style Categorization of human personality types, oh which is just God. really funky.
1: I do love different different personality typologies. That sounds like fun. You need to send this to me.
0: I do. I should after you're done reading Dune, to like the Lightning.
1: So much. I have I have signed reading for dating this man, guys. <laughs> <laughs> University of Chicago culture. No, I'm liking Dune actually. Everything is very hard to pronounce though. <laughs> I've been trying to read it aloud, and it's just not working. My roommates probably think I'm having a seizure in there. It's it's fine. But, <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, it's good. Uh, Professor Palmer works in the Renaissance History Department. A couple of people I know are taking her class right now.
1: She's the papal... Yeah,
0: the papal election role-play class. That
1: sounds really cool, We have
0: Joe Walton working on their Discord server.
1: I can't believe you get course credit for LARPing. That's not fair. <laughs>
0: Only at <U> Chicago <laughs>
1: Oh God! Okay, I, I kind of want to take this now. Is it next being offered next? Year? You you wanna you wanna Definitely. do it? Definitely. Let's let's be let's be popes. Let's, let's be popes. Let's be popes. I think we have to be
0: cardinals first.
1: Cardinals. So many so many tiers of funny hats, don't you think? <laughs> oh my God! My mom's gonna call this sacrilege. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyway, to close out, any concluding thoughts about all of this?
0: What were we just getting onto here? A bit about identity. Yeah. If you can't build your own, uh, store-bought does fine.
1: <laughs> store I like to think of it as pre-packaged.
0: Pre-packaged.
1: Yeah, it's like, it's like buying the S&P instead of handpicking your stocks.
0: But it has to be made somewhere if it's pre-packaged. It has
1: to be... That's a good point. I mean, I guess there. Are, I mean, you can just go to Young and whoever made who. I think it was a mother daughter duo. Myers Briggs. Myers Briggs. Yeah. Um, I mean, psychologists have that covered. And but the sci-fi psychologists authors, aren't the ones
0: making uh, these. Aside from MBTI, they're not making these prepackaged identities. They're being. And here we have to use a the terminology. They're being produced.
1: Oh, that implies a degree of intentionality that I think is unfair. I think these things just kind of coalesce. I don't like I don't like that picture of like an Illuminati kind of factory somewhere churning out identities for and This wait, one should be a furry. Wait, wait oh my god. <laughs> wait, no, it's true though. The idea of like no, never mind. Like, I don't know if you've noticed, but on Spotify, for example, they started pre-creating playlists that have names of specific internet identities that they don't know anything about by the way like some are villain era some are royal core some are goth core and it's like it's fine these are all just aesthetic groups and they all have mood music associated with them but it's specifically taking on a tone of identity it's not you know i'm feeling blue it's i'm a goth girl i'm a flea bag. i'm in my flea bag era i'm blah 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 and now we're talking about girls but i think the idea of identity-seeking definitely transcends gender. Actually, maybe gender is part of it in, in a very real yeah. kind of way.
0: I think a lot of people have made the case that this whole Alpha, Beta, Gamma, Delta, Sigma business is neogenders for right-issuing men.
1: <laughs> They recognize that neogenders are becoming a thing, but they just need different terms for oh. it. Maybe. That's interesting. Oh, dear. And it, it even has, like definitely pseudoscientific, but it definitely is grounded in seemingly scientific language.
0: Yeah, it, it was the ethology business. Yeah. This, uh, is it the science of biological categorization mm. or Species- I, speciation? Speciation. Speciation?
1: I feel like in most cases, the idea of speciation has been used by eugenicists. <laughs> that, that sounds... I don't know if we want to compare the alpha-beta males to eugenicists. That doesn't sound the same. But yeah, I... I, I yeah kind of applying animal social dynamics to human societal dynamics, right? That's mm-hmm. ethology. Um, yeah, interesting. Sorry, I I got sidetracked somewhere. <laughs> no, the Spotify thing is still kind of a realization to me. Like, even though these identities aren't created with intentionality, there are definitely people, there's definitely marketing that recognizes that these identities exist and kind of reinforces them, which is, do, do you know where I'm go- like? Are you following this? I, I
0: know we. I think I know where we're going with this, but I want to hear your example.
1: All right. Sorry. I, I'm not. I I asked not because I don't think you can follow my train of thought. I'm asking because I'm not expressing myself very well right now. But no. Like I I started with the point of you were saying that somebody's making these identities kind of implying.
0: they're being produced. They're
1: being produced, right? Not passive. Yes. And I like to think of, like, I responded to that by saying, you know, I don't like the idea of a group somewhere, somewhere producing identities with an ulterior motive in mind. I think they're just something that coalesce naturally and then people kind of gravitate towards them. I mean, insofar as anything can be natural. But nobody's intentionally producing identities. But then, again, you have things like Spotify, which kind of... Like these Spotify playlists, which kind of reinforce these kind of identity groups. Again, the idea that if I'm a flea bag girl, all my playlists have to. This might be two. This might be two women on social media. Kind of for you to well, for you to have well, no, direct I th- experience. I, th- of.
0: I think I get it, but my question then is, what's being reinforced? Is what is being reinforced? idea that there are these sort of categories or lifestyles or et cetera. Or is what is being reinforced that the way that you express this identity is by having a Spotify playlist about it, sharing it with people, uh, having a podcast about how sigma you are.
1: Right. I mean, it's, it's kind of both. There's a positive feedback loop, right? Because if I have an identity and Spotify is giving me a handy way of expressing that identity, that's going to reinforce my identity, thereby encouraging me to express that narrow identity. You kind of, it's, I think of it as the same as like gender-based marketing. Like for example, the pink tax men's razors and women's razors are slightly different, at least ostensibly while functionally they do the same things as a consequence women's razors get sold at a higher price because it seems like they're specific to women. That's like the pink tax. So that idea of like differentiation in marketing, which is like actually arbitrary, it's all just wrapping, kind of being used to apply to things that aren't gender now, but apply to like very specific different personality groups is kind of odd to me. I'm not making this case well. We'll we'll talk about it later once I've, I've fleshed this out, but yeah. Oh, we'll probably cut this. <laughs> anyway, um, what were you saying?
0: I was still on this kick of, for identities to be prepackaged, they have to be made somewhere.
1: Again, I don't think they're being made with any... What, where, where are they being made?
0: I don't know, sites of cultural production? I'm getting really pretentious here, but no. that's all I can do. What are
1: sites of... Cu- well, I kind of see you in, in the movies, maybe, have a lot of... Movies and TV shows, I mean, not to be all Abed Nadir here, but I think a lot of how I learned how to act and present myself came from watching certain characters in films or in books that I liked and then tried to embody them because I saw that they were doing well in the books and I wanted the same things they had, which kind of became... Like, for example, a lot of people talk about this in the context of the not-like-other-girls syndrome. People wonder why a lot of girls growing up decided that they hated pink and thought other girls who went to the mall and hung out with did their nails and blah 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 like that was bad or petty and people wonder why girls think that and a lot of video essayists for example have pointed to books like harry potter where there was exactly one girl in the group and her personality was just being not like other girls she was nerdy and all the other girls hated her for that reason so all of us were reading and we wanted to fit into the hermione box we wanted to be the cool girl who read and wasn't like other girls So the idea that media can shape how you identify makes sense to me. So, like, books and TV shows as as sites of cultural production, as you put it, no? I can see that. What were you thinking? I don't think this is the same direction.
0: No, I think you fleshed out an idea that I only had the very outline of. Mm -hmm. But now I'm wondering, where is the whole Sigma business being produced then? Because I don't Mm -hmm. think it's American Psycho. Yeah, I don't there's of course the whole terminology coming out of uh that far-right blogosphere. Mm-hmm. But that has to that has to be working off of some pre-existing fallow ground to have any influence.
1: Mm.
0: What existed for this to be a need?
1: I honestly think it was just like a, a vacancy. Like just the idea that there weren't many good exemplars of masculinity left. Like, we had this conversation with a professor who said, you know, it's hard to be an alpha male now because women aren't going to tolerate that shitty behavior. So you have to pick something else. So what is your something else going to be? There was just a need.
0: Okay, I can see that. Because, say for me growing up, my, my parents, my mother especially, were all over raising me and my sisters as feminists. Mm. And growing up, there was, was the image of, you know, guys being very... Uh, boorish, very aggressive, dominant, right. in air quotes. And that just did not seem like a good thing to be or a good place to be socially. Right. So the response is, do you remember the soft boy?
1: <laughs> Wait, what's the soft boy? <laughs> oh
0: no. Oh dear. Is this like
1: a soy boy thing?
0: <laughs> no, it's not like that. It's Maybe, someone, maybe some maybe other people would make the connection, but not in this way. It was this whole trend of Men very self consciously broadcasting, I am not like the other guys. I'm, I respect women.
1: Oh, interesting. So, kind of like the not like other girls of guys.
0: Kind of like that.
1: Okay. How did the soft boy thing even come to be?
0: I, I, I'm, we're we're trying to just map that out. So, Tom Cardi's music video, Soft Boy, parody of Billie Eilish. What's that song?
1: Oh, shoot. I'm the bad... Bad guy? Yeah, bad guy. That's, that's like, it. Okay. I was like, bad boy? No. Bad dude? No. <laughs> bad guy. Bad
0: yes. guy. Uh, good song. I uh, The parody. I don't actually know if I've heard the original. Oh,
1: sweetheart.
0: But at the same time, that is kind of what we're thinking of. Men in Manhattan or, no, Brooklyn lofts uh, wearing beanies and they're, like... You <laughs> one of the lines is, my Instagram bio says feminist. So an overt identification with sometimes progressive politics, but more than that, just, I guess, vaguely left uh, social purity.
1: Oh, okay, yeah. Got it.
0: And I view this as, you know, the phrase, war is the continuation of politics by other means. It may be reversed, actually. <laughs> People have opinions on that. But I think the soft boy is the continuation of male sexual aggression by other means.
1: Oh wow, that's that's a real thesis statement right there. Okay, I see that. It's kind of filling a void.
0: It's filling a void because very quickly the brash, boorish behavior of the alpha male mm. no longer flies. Yeah. All of a sudden, you have to do something else. Mm. And if you're in a place in time where feminism is up on the rise and that's what you want to very outwardly be perceived as, well, that's what you do. Right. And <laughs> what do we want to say this?
1: I actually, this is, I mean, I'm just considering the parallels or like the inverse, which is, of course, girls deliberately playing into, playing into tropes guys would find attractive. I mean, you know, and now we get the not like other girls or the manic pixie dream girl, really, a girl playing into a stereotype, um, which is what, like, a soy boy is doing, right? Deliberately playing into, like, the, a feminist narrative or, like, a feminist the political feminist. position. Yeah, without actually probably having much understanding of that that um, political position, Yeah, I think that definitely, I mean, if we say that the sigma male is the same, it's men deliberately playing into a trope for the express purpose of dating or surviving socially. That's kind of funny, because if you're playing into a trope in order to attract women, but a large part of that trope is not being attracted to women, there's like a weirdness going on. I don't
0: think this is, again, we were talking about this, I don't think this is primarily about dating.
1: Mm. Even the soy boy is not primarily about dating because the oh, video implied no. that it well, that, is.
0: That the soy boy is a derogatory.
1: Oh, okay, got it.
0: Soft boy, I think for a short time was used was used more or less unironically. Oh, really? Before that fell out of favor.
1: Interesting. I was I was out of the internet scene during this period, very sheltered.
0: I I don't know if I've ever heard it. I don't know if I actually heard that until a few years ago. Mm-hmm. But it describes. A vibe from the time, which was where I was for a little while, this very self-conscious, I'm not like the other boys, Aww. I respect <laughs> women, which very quickly metamorphoses into, I'm respectful of women, so why aren't I getting dates? Uh-oh. We know where that is. Uh-oh. Luckily, some of us managed to escape that.
1: Yeah. How, how did you escape it?
0: How did I escape it? Because
1: you definitely didn't go with the Sigma male route. Are <laughs> you just like the hipster intellectual? I that's think that might love. have been it. It's working for you.
0: <laughs> do I have a beanie, though?
1: You have a beanie. I do? I. You have a beanie. You have a winter hat beanie.
0: Well, sure, but that's a winter beanie.
1: Now I'm going to... Is there a difference? Between, see, this is the hipster... <laughs> There's a difference between beanies? Look, there's
0: people who wear beanies because my ears are cold. Oh. And there's people who wear beanies because it's a fashion
1: statement. Oh, your your beanie is not like the other boys' beanies, is it now, Nico? <laughs> I don't need this. I'm going to buy you a beanie next, next holiday. You're going to open it, and you're going to groan. It's going to be great.
0: Oh, dear God.
1: <laughs> okay, so then... A sigma male is more like the sigma male identity is just like something people have to grab onto for purchase because it's hard to find an identity that kind of slots into whatever else is happening socially. I don't
0: think so. There's a profusion of identities. There's more identities than you could shake a stick for at. For
1: men? I see a lot for girls. I don't see that many for men. And I don't think that's because men are fundamentally like less inclined to find an uber specific identity. I if you think
0: believe the else. higher male variability hypothesis, then men would need more
1: Really? Wait, what is that?
0: The greater male variability hypothesis, just the idea that, uh, maybe this is heavily contested.
1: Yeah, I'm sure.
0: The idea that men are more are more represented at the high ends of lots of things, but also at the low ends. Lots more men in high-paying jobs, lots more men in prison. And the idea being mm. that for any given biological trait, that particularly psychological traits that you want to measure, there's not... Much difference in mean between men and women.
1: Mm, But more variability. More
0: variability in men.
1: Is that true of everything?
0: The hypothesis would claim this, or at least we claim this a lot of things. It's commonly claimed for IQ, actually. Mm. And I think the data bears this out, but I haven't checked.
1: The most obvious counterexample to me seems to be, like, gender presentation. Like, for example, women tend to wear pants or skirts or whatever hell under the sun, which is great. Mm -hmm. Keep wearing cool things. I mean, I don't understand fashion, but everyone looks gorgeous, and it's great. Um, Men, less so.
0: All men dress the same.
1: Yeah, there seems to be more uniformity in how men choose to present themselves.
0: How men choose to present themselves.
1: I I mean, your choices are definitely the result of various social influences, but I think women definitely tend to present with more variance in personality. Or maybe that's just my perspective as another girl who probably knows I mean, more girls than guys. I
0: mean, the, language using, the language of statistics we're using here implies that how a given person, men, choose to uh, exp- not express themselves, but choose to dress or outwardly show themselves is something that's drawing from a distribution as uh, independent each time. I don't think that's true at all. I think that the model we should be looking at is for men, mm-hmm. the, there are a relatively smaller number of categories, boxes, for expression in that way.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Now, I don't know if we could even relate this to the male variability hypothesis, even if it is true.
1: Well, I mean, I'm I'm on the same page in that, like, we were specifically talking about identity, right? Mm-hmm. So my observation is just, I don't think the male variability hypothesis applies here, because just, this is mostly anecdotal. Yeah. But, like, from... My, what, 20 years of personal experience, it seems like women have more variability in how they present themselves. Um,
0: Imagine putting that on a resume. 20 years experience.
1: (laughs) 20 years experience living. So much oxygen inhaled. We're doing great. Have I earned my oxygen? Probably not. Oh, God, that's heavy. (laughs) That's heavy.
0: We were just saying before.
1: Honestly, do, do all of us really really do enough good for the world that the amount of oxygen and resources we waste evens out. Oh dear.
0: She's getting existential on (laughs) us,
1: boys. (laughs) That's really sad. Okay, anyway, go on.
0: We were just getting onto the notion that there's fewer, I guess, forms of identity expression for men than there are for women. Yeah. Whether or not we might expect more for one or the other.
1: I mean, I, I think the twist in language is interesting because, like, At least, I think I was wrong here, but I framed it as men are less inclined to present differently, whereas you're framing it as there are fewer ways men can present differently. Like, I'm putting the locus on, or I'm putting the, what is it, the, um, what's the word? The onus, not locus. Similar, but, yeah. Anyway, I'm putting the onus on guys to present differently. Like, theoretically, if you wanted to wear a skirt tomorrow, you could.
0: Theoretically. But there's a
1: reason you don't.
0: There's a reason I don't. Of course, at a party, all the women dressed differently or tried to dress differently. All the men wear the same thing. Yes. We'd have to have to do a whole podcast on why that is. That's <laughs> entirely outside of our scope. But this notion of there's a profusion of identities, but not for men.
1: Mm-hmm. Except for the Alpha Beta Sigma thing.
0: Alpha Beta Sigma.
1: And also MBTI, I would say. I think hmm. that's also something men tend to seize on. I've seen far more INTJ bios among men than among women. Hmm. And also IQ to some extent. Oh like God, this is that? one. Like this isn't typology, but you see a lot of people define themselves by their IQ. It's like two people will be having a like an argument on a Reddit thread, and like one person will be like, "I have an IQ of one hundred fifty-seven, so you should listen to me." <laughs>
0: I have to do an evil laugh. It was great.
1: Oh, let's have your evil laugh. (laughs) 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 Terrifying. Also, I pity the editor. Where were we?
0: (laughs) Identity is in the profusion thereof.
1: Okay. Um,
0: We might just do a whole different podcast
1: on this. whole different podcast on identity. That would be interesting, actually. I can think about it from different dimensions. That'd be fun. Okay, wait, to round this one off. I guess... I don't know. I think my final thoughts are, I think a lot of what Sigma males are doing, regardless of whether it's motivated by deprivation or self-possession or objectification, is just searching for an identity. And this is one that a lot of people know and recognize, and that can be good if maybe on some level, I guess, lazy. Um, So I have a lot of sympathy for that. I think everyone who's into... METI or astrology or a host of other things is looking for something similar Um, and I would encourage people who identify with those things myself included to try and find an identity or try and think about how you would define yourself beyond those labels. What about you Nico? No?
0: I don't know if I have a response to that.
1: Don't have a response. I
0: may have to think about it over dinner.
1: Okay dinner then.